Which Raven have you liked? Just being around that's got that juice that just, and you can't say Ray Lewis. <laughs> all right. There's one. Now, they all come to mind, right? There's well, you got so 55 Hall of Famers on that team. Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs. We've had so many people through here uh, in different ways and leading in different ways. But there's one one that comes to mind from the Super Bowl year on offense and maybe not quite as vocal, but certainly as tough and a leader. And watch watch where he went after and before that and where how he led his teams there. Hey, hey, welcome back to another rep. My name is Steve Hagan. And I love the originality of this show. I am sitting in a car in Phoenix, and my buddy is sitting in his car in Baltimore. And we are Zooming each other. So if it sounds a little funky, it's not funky, it's original. That's just what it is. (laughs) So, hey, you're going to love his story. He's going to tell you the story of the next rising star, and the next rising star is his son. We're going to take you on a recruiting ride. We're going to take you on a uh, family ride a little bit a faith ride. So just lean in, laugh along with us, and let's go get another rep. Let's go. Hey, man, I have Craig Burstig from the Baltimore Ravens. Let's go. Craig, what's happening, my man? How are you? Hey, I'm great. You know, it's that time of year when you can actually go out and do the honey-do list. So I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to go uh, grocery shopping right now. That's yeah, you're, you're honey-doing. <laughs> I am, man. I am. That's awesome. Yeah. Craig coaches at the Baltimore Ravens and I'm going to let you talk about how, how you got there, how long you've been there and just kind of your coaching life, you know, your coaching travels and then, uh, and then that'll just lead into a whole bunch of other stuff. So ready, fire, aim, man, where'd you start? (laughs) Well, heck I got to go. I got to go all the way back if we're doing that. So let's go back to uh, about 1981 ish. And it's got to go back to you and me, too. That was just about when I was born in 1981. <laughs> okay, that's, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> but back back in the day, you know, you had these aspirations of being a, a ball coach. And I'm yep. sure you did because I'm, I'm going to tell everybody I met you then. Yeah. And we yeah. were both graduate assistants. And. I was a grad assistant at USC, and I think you were at Kansas at the yeah. time, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. And here we are working at this camp. We've got 800 kids putting on shoulder pads every day and banging heads. And we're out there at offense-defense camp in California. And we're young guys just breaking into coaching. Riverside, and California, the hottest, yeah. the hottest spot on the planet at the time. <laughs> Absolutely. In the middle of late June, early July. and you got. I don't know. What do you think? 60, 70 football coaches? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, hey, do you remember this part, Craig? The guy who ran the camp, I'm going to leave his name out because I don't want to indict him. He charged every kid a dollar for a piece of tape to put on your helmet. You had to have it on the front and the back. And And you had to have it. Yeah, yeah. you couldn't be in the camp. (laughs) We got to know Hagen on the front, Hagen on the back. So we can call you by name, and of course it's a dollar for a piece of tape. Yeah, and he was the best. He was the best. Yeah, he was. He was a entrepreneur, a football entrepreneur before we ever were. <laughs> There's no doubt. That but you nice. know, we made we both made connections there, didn't we? Absolutely. And to this day, I mean, some of my best friends in coaching, and and that 
to me, that's like one of the best things about being a football coach is the relationships you make. You and I, what, we talk once every couple of years, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If that. But it's, when we pick up, it's like we never left off. Well, you know, that's the great thing about it. Absolutely. When we were in the same division, I was at the Browns and you were at the Ravens. We'd see twice a year, you know. And we, twice a year, we at least, yeah. at least get the fist yeah. pump. And actually, yeah, <laughs> we had some battles. We didn't always, we didn't always win them. You always won them, but we, <laughs> when you got Ray Lewis and all them characters, you know, <laughs> there was there was definitely some battles. The, the blood between the Browns and the Ravens will always run very Deep. very hot. Yeah, very hot. So where'd we go from uh, those offense defense camps? So it it really was. You know, me being a high school player and, and no nothing further, but loving the game and wanting to coach. And that's kind of what got me into going to those camps. You know, I I was a student assistant first at SC. I wasn't even a GA yet. Yeah. And I just get around. I got around the coaches like, what do I got to do to do this? What do I got to do to stay in this and be in this? And, you know, just I got a chance to learn from guys like, like Norv Turner and Dave Wanstead, who were young assistants. At SC back then, yeah, and and yeah. The, you know they take you under your wing, right? They, if if you'll do the grunt work, they'll teach you how to coach. Yeah, and that's really yeah. what, what what it was. And then they hired me as a GA, and and I got to get go to grad school, get my master's, and work with some other great guys. And the next thing you know, I'm I'm off somewhere else. You know, yeah. I'm I'm at University of Utah, that's and right. I'm GA, and again because you're 24 years old and guess what there's a thousand other 24 year old guys that want a job Ten thousand. So, <laughs> yeah at least right yeah if you think you're going to get one because you were at kansas or i was at sc or something it ain't happening you know so i go ga again at utah for for jim fossil and um a bunch of guys there a couple guys i knew from southern california area that were there and uh, learned a bunch and got to be a part-time guy by then and was still clawing and scratching you know yep. wasn't a full-time coach yet but got to coach I actually got to coach I was working with the quarterbacks working with a young Scott Mitchell when he was a redshirt freshman oh wow. yeah that's way back and then uh, on to the University of Cincinnati for my first full-time job coaching receivers there for a couple of years and then coached the quarterbacks there and, and the whole time I was there John Harbaugh was there we were in our like late 20s early 30s coaching a little ball at university of cincinnati before there was even a conference usa and we would go around the, you know we we're on everybody's homecoming yeah <laughs> one year one year at cincinnati i kid you not we played alabama penn state tennessee and florida state all for their homecoming sheesh so yeah it was like build a program if you're lucky I know you were cheering for. I knew you were cheering for Cincinnati this year when they got to that final oh, four. That was so cool to see yeah. just the evolution of that program over the years, you know. And uh, yeah, we were all busting our buttons a little bit to watch that thing. That was oh, really man. cool. So you met John there at Cincinnati. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah, John we went off. John went off to the Eagles, I think, with Andy. From there, I, I well, maybe another he stop. He actually stayed, you know, uh, one of the coaches, the head coach, left for Harvard, and I went with him. So I got a little Ivy League Ooh. shot around 94 and 95. 
Okay. And John stayed with the new coach, Rick Minner, at, at Cincinnati. Okay. And then Ray Rhodes was at the Eagles and hired John from the University of – oh, no, I take it back. John went to Indiana from there. Mm. Coached with Cam Cameron at Indiana. That's right. And uh, then Ray Rhodes hired him from there to be a special team coach at the Eagles, and Andy kept him on when he took that job. And he stayed there with Andy Reid for another 10 years, I believe. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. It really became the premier special teams guy in the league. You know, everybody was, yep. was uh, you know, trying to target him, beat him. You know, beating John Harbaugh's special teams was a, was a chore. Yeah. And uh, he got the Ravens job in 08. And I'd, I'd coached two or three, four, maybe other places by then. And uh, back at Utah as a coordinator, over to Rutgers with Coach Giano, and then uh, went with John in 08, his first year at the Ravens. And now that, you talk about a blessing, that, that has been a real blessing to be in one spot oh, man. all these years. You yeah. Know? And yeah. Different, jobs at, at, different jobs at the Ravens, you know, different roles, but always, always there and, and really blessed to just be a part of this organization this really class organization for like 15 years you know yeah it's rare rare in coaching that you rare. Can have a home for like you just said 15 years in right that one spot and uh it, it's it's a huge blessing it's a it's not a, only a blessing for you yes it is but for your wife and your you know your right. family it's a blessing for your family right. so right and my wife and I are blessed with one one son, Ian, my wife, Lisa, and, and, and son, Ian. Yep. And he, I think we were, I think he was four when we moved here from Rutgers. Was he born and in Harvard? <laughs> he was born in Princeton Medical Center because I was moving to Rutgers. Oh. And the, the long-term hotel we were staying in was about halfway between New Brunswick and Princeton. And so we picked Princeton Medical Center. And she was eight months pregnant when we moved to New Jersey. And, yeah, he's a, he, he's a New Jersey native on his birth certificate. And down here to to Baltimore, and he's been here since he was four. So he literally has grown he's a raven. up. He's a raven. A raven. He, is, he knows nothing else. Yeah. You know, he got one picture taken with a running back we had at Rutgers, Ray Rice. Little four-year-old Ian on the field at Rutgers. And he came here. And Ray came here. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I'll tell you what, I have not heard that story about Lisa, your wife, and deliver. I mean, she did she change doctors and everything? I'm mean, talk about talk she about did. story. And you know how some gals really are. You know, yeah. they're very close. They, they have midwives, and they're very close to them. She in Utah, she had found a midwife company, and she was really comfortable with that. And and really, I mean, we're yeah. kind of locked in. So now we get this new job, and she goes on a search for another one here. You talk about a gal who's, like, adventurous. She got recommendations from the people in Utah and ended up with a really good people. That, yeah. was, that was probably the yeah. main reason we picked Princeton Medical Center is because her midwife had people there. That's good. And uh, it worked out great. Ian was, Ian was born two days before my first game at Rutgers. Wow. He was born he was born on Thursday morning at four thirty and you know how the college routine goes. Oh yeah. So I I, I think there was a I wanna say there was so it'd be like the Friday pro practice Thursday afternoon. I actually went to that, left 
left mother and son in the hospital. And I went back to the hospital that night. And Friday, you have the walkthrough, right? Yep. You know, or whatever you you do there. And then I think we had, a, it was a night game, so we had a Saturday walkthrough. And then after the walkthrough, I went, brought them both home. That's a, you know what, that's a coaching story. I mean, it's just, we, we do some crazy things, crazy, crazy things, but that's the way it is. So you've been at the Ravens a long time. Okay. So even Ian's a Raven, but before we get to Ian, there's some great Ravens on that team. And I'm going to put you on the, I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Which Raven have you liked just being around? That's got that juice that just, and you can't say Ray Lewis. (laughs) <laughs> all right there's one now they all come to mind right there's well you got so 55 hall of famers on that team ed reed terrell ed suggs reed. i mean suggs you know that i mean you say suggs there's so much there's so much leadership and juice in him and he, yeah. he learned from ray you said i can't say ray well he learned from ray he learned from ed you know yeah and he carried us for many years after ray and ed left I mean, he, he was the juice. He was the, he was the Ravens, you know, yeah. we've had so many people through here um, in different ways and leading in different ways, but there's one, one that comes to mind from the Super Bowl year on offense and maybe not quite as vocal, but certainly as tough and a leader and watch, watch where he went after him before that and where, how he led his teams there, but Anquan Bolden. Mm, yeah. So I think, I think an Anquan or Super Bowl year and just, a man's man, a man of God, a great father on the field. There is no holds barred with his competitive edge. None. Yeah. And if you're a young player coming into the Ravens and you watch him practice, oh, my gosh, if you can't learn what it means to be a Raven just by yeah. being in the same locker room with him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we had guys like that all over the place. Jameel McLean, who's now our player development guy, was the linebacker next to Ray Lewis, um, Jarrett Johnson, who was our Sam linebacker, who your guys probably had to try to block a few times. Oh man, you know, and he—I'll tell you what—he was just like a, a, an unsung leader of the Ravens for many, many years. Yeah, you know, and on and on and on, and they all just fed off each other, brought the juice, as you say, but more than anything set the tone for how young guys come in and play i mean yeah. when you practice when you practice here you practice you know and there's no other way to do it you yeah know, just how they set they set the bar high and it was the players that did it and when the players own it you know the coach has got to bring it but then the players yeah. got to own it they the coach has got to transfer that ownership to the yep. players and when the players own it it's unstoppable it's unstoppable and it's been that way here at the ravens for many years and i you know, credit to John for, to me, for just kind of like creating that environment where the players are always encouraged to take it. Always, yeah. You know? yeah. And he, he guides it. He has a leadership council that he meets with all the time. And he's, you know, he, he picks them based on, you know, we had a thing, a saying when we got here, we play like a Raven. What does it mean? You know, we, we kind of built that yeah. Like a whole list of qualities we're looking for. And it goes through the scouting department. It goes through the whole building. It really, you know, Ozzy, when he was here as GM, and he's still here with us now. You know, Eric's taken over, but he's Ozzy's still here in the building. But the whole culture is just like, it goes all the way back. You yeah. Know, to, to 96. 
when they first came here and all the way back to to your old team, the Browns, you know, when yeah, they absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when I was coaching at Notre Dame, we had that play like a champion today. That's probably one of the most famous locker room signs in college football. I would have. Right. And right. Um, when you say play like a Raven, then, then you just define it and anything left yeah. just will not work. It won't cut it. And then they weed themselves out. Yeah, exactly. The locker room, the locker room handles that. Yeah. You know? and that. Just, and people come, the thing that, that, um, gosh, I, I think I'm proudest about for John and for Ozzy and for everybody here, Eric, just the whole crew is that when a guy comes in as a free agent from somewhere else and he's a veteran and he's respected and he's, he always says, and John has this thing called wise words. Like he lets guys talk after practice almost every day. Yeah. And he picks out a guy to say something and almost to a man, they start talking about when I was over here, I always knew that if I had a chance to be a Raven, that's where I wanted to be one. And when I came here, guys, I'm just telling you, there's no other place like they go on and on and on. So many yeah. guys do, you know. That's a credit to the culture that you all have built over there and, and have continued to nurture, you know, the players, right. and the coaches, and the, it, it, just the whole team, the whole team. It's an awesome culture that you guys have defined. Let me ask you this. We're going to we're going to transition from the Ravens to your team, your personal team, because I know, Ian, your son, he, he's a Raven since he was four years old. So that's in his blood. So he learned how to be like a Raven and all those yep. characteristics. And that's led him. I'm going to let you brag him up because it's not too often a dad gets to brag about his son. <laughs> you get to do that right now. This is my show and you get to brag about him. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, you know, I, and I do credit that. And, you know, you know, like everything from from him getting to witness a guy like Anquan. Yeah. Growing up and play catch with him and play catch with the quarterbacks. I got to give credit to like John building that family culture. Yeah, you, go. you go back to day one in our first staff meeting. He always talked about your kids are always welcome here. I want you to know that from day one. He tells that to the players, your kids, your kids. It's it's paramount that they feel that they are a part of this thing. And he has since he was four years old, he's been going to training camp. Yeah. And and being able to like just be around him and watch him. And so fast forward, he he got enamored with football. Now he started out as a as a baseball guy. So my wife can't say I like gave him the old dad shove in the football. <laughs> But he just, he just, I don't hate baseball. I don't hate baseball. I just don't (laughs) like it. uh, Like I like football. (laughs) Exactly. And you know, he loved to catch things. Yeah. And he was a center fielder in little league and he was a wide receiver in flag football, but man, could he catch? And he made me love, I love how you put that. He loves to catch things. Just catch things, you know, and he made me throw him like those little, those little balls that they would throw in stadiums, you know, and little souvenir ball. Maybe throw them to him and dive on the couch and dive on the couch when he's four years old, <laughs> catch things one hand. We well, you know what he did is he, he developed a little hand eye. Yeah. And the next thing you know, he's like running by kids in flag football and catching them off the top of their heads and doing all that stuff. And he wanted, he really wanted to pursue that. Like he wanted to play college football. And, you know, we could go, I could go on and on for like how hard. But when did he tell it. you, like, hey, dad, I, I, I think I can go play college football. I really want to go play college, you know? Well, 
it's funny. We were riding to a flag football game one day, and I think you might have been about eight years old, and he's yeah. already been to like four or five training camps. Yeah. And he said, Dad, do you think that I – you think that I could like ever be a college football player? You think I could play Division One football someday? And I said, well, I mean, you have the hands. Yeah. We don't know where you're going for speed and the height and all that. I said, and I started to go into that logical thing that you go through with like academics and what you tell in recruiting about about the funnel and how tight it gets, you know, and just have fun playing because so few people get to play college football, right? I was going there and he looked at me and he goes, dad, don't kill my dream. That's right. Don't be a dream stealer, dad. Come on. That's what he said. And I said, you know what? You're right. I said, you dream that dream and we're going to work on it any, any way you want to do it. I will help you achieve that dream if you want it. And from that day on, he has been like relentless. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And so he's gone through high school. And then let's talk about the recruiting because recruiting is crazy. You were a recruiter. I it's was. Changed. It's changed since, you know, we when we recruited back in college, it's changed a lot, you know. Yeah. Um, just, you know, internet, Twitter, and uh, who oh, I don't even know how it goes yeah it's just 24 7 yeah we had 25 hours they do 28 hours probably yeah i hear all these stories about guys sitting in staff meetings and i don't know if you you remember when you and i were coaching in college you couldn't have your phone in a meeting no you know you weren't paying attention right yeah now they get they get mad at these guys if they don't have their phone in the meeting (laughs) and they're not and they're not like texting recruits you know know. And, and Ian had to kind of go through that stage of like you know you nowadays you get the kid the phone because that's how they talk to their friends so he's got a phone so he's on there like looking at how many stars all these guys have yeah and you know he's not he was not that kind of an exposure kid he worked he worked his way up he got on the varsity at a very tough high school private high school to play at on the at his sophomore year but he didn't play much yeah and he he picked that school because it was competitive he didn't he didn't back down you know he he looked at the at all the schools that he could go to including his local high school but he picked Spalding because here in Maryland they have a lot of recruits yeah and it was going to be a tough road for him to play there even and so he wasn't going to be a star guy and it bothered him a little bit and so that recruiting that whole persona about like you said Twitter yeah. And follows and tweets and all that, that can really get a kid, you know, and oh, yeah. you still, you still got to play for the love of the game. Yep. And their identity gets, gets convoluted yeah. and twisted into Instagram likes and Twitter likes instead of just yeah. your coach like you, do you like that team and are what's going on, you know, because it's yeah. you and the team and you and the coach and you and the, you know. Yeah. Oh. And I don't know how kids that don't, like he's got a dad in football that could kind of help him like navigate that a little bit, yeah. you know, and so connecting him with some coaches so that he could actually just have yeah, a coach to text instead of like all this random stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I think, um, and then COVID hit and the, and the poor kid had ostrich slaughter, you know, that growing disease you get where your knees. Kill yeah. You. Yeah. He had it so bad. He could hardly get through his freshman year. And, um, uh, he finally got a little a little operation on his knee going into his sophomore year, which, you know, he only got to play half his first varsity season. 
Yes. He's got no tape. And then COVID hits. And then there's there's not going to be a season here in Maryland. You know, we come to realize that. Yeah. But up in New Jersey, they're playing. And He's overcoming buddy, some odds, man. There's there's a buddy up at Shawnee High School that, that's coaching the offense. And so Lisa and the dog and Ian go pack up and go up and move up to an apartment in uh, Medford Lakes. Yeah. And uh, he plays the whole year at Shawnee and gets some great tape. Gets a bunch of catches and a bunch of touchdowns and actually looks like a real player, you know? Yeah. And uh, has some guys interested, a bunch of teams, you know, mostly FCS teams. I always say this, Greg, I always say, what do you want? What do you want? And what are you willing to sacrifice to get what you want? Think about what Ian just went through. I mean, the sacrifice of leaving, you know, I mean, he went up there with his mom and dog, but still you're not there. You don't get to see it personally see it you can watch pretty much you can watch almost everything on the internet now it's not the same though but it's what do you want right. what are you willing to sacrifice to get what you want and he's yep. like, i want to go be this college yeah. football player and the only way i'm going to be able to get good tape is i got to go compete wherever yep. it takes me i Where love that, that. Takes yeah i love he, that and he was all in and i love the right for it too she said let's I do go too. what a trooper <laughs> And then the only thing available to rent up there, they got this little uh, lake community up there with these old log cabins. And the only thing available to rent was this old log cabin. And she thought it was really cool and cute to live in a log cabin until she had to live in the log cabin. Yeah, for about an hour. Then it wasn't wasn't so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, See, our stories help other people's stories. That's what I talk about on this show, another rep, you know, our stories. Yeah. If you're thinking, if you're listening to this show and you think about moving into a log cabin up there, <laughs> it, ain't so, it ain't so cute. Just make sure you're ready. I'll tell you what, I, my hat's off to Lisa and Ian because they got it done. And he told me the day before he really decided, I said, you want to do this? And he's like, dad, I think that's, that's going to give me where I got to go. I got to go do it. I got yeah. to, you know, and, and he did. And he went up there, and, and I'm so proud of him. He, he, he worked every day, and he balled out, like they all like to say. And he, and he got himself noticed at least enough to go to some of these camps. And you know yeah. how the camps work. And he went to Wake Forest Camp. And I got a couple of, of guys that I know there, really good men. And that, that, that goes to it, too. I've been praying for him to just get with a good bunch of coaches. Yeah. Um, Kevin Higgins his wide receiver coach, Dave Clawson, the head coach, a bunch of guys, Warren Ruggiero, the the coordinator, just really good people in a really good school. And you know what? They liked him at camp. And they're a really good team. And they're a really good team. Really good team. (laughs) They they throw that ball, you know. There's no no hiding the fact that they know what they're doing. They're great coaches, and they surround themselves with great players, and then they – which is the recipe for a great team. So right. that's so, that's so cool that he got to go to Wake Forest now. That's so awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and, and he's going to have to row the, to hoe, hoe that row of, of the yeah. walk on guy that's got to earn one. But if there's anybody I, I, I fully trust to go get it done, it's him. Absolutely. He's gone through all those things and, and they've identified him as a guy they know that can make it. All he's got to do is put forth the effort. So, well, you know go. this. You know this. Being a coach yourself, we don't really care how many stars you have and where you came from and who who you're related to and all that. If you can help us win, 
let's go. You that's know, right. Cause that's what that's we're trying right. to do. We're trying to, we're trying to win and do it the right way. But you know, because you have five stars, how do you think guys like Cooper cup are playing in the super bowl? Exactly. You're leading the league in every league. category imaginable. Triple crown. Yeah. Yeah. You know, As, and you got a model for that as a young kid, whether it's, Hopefully it's a guy like Ian someday, but but it's Cooper now. It's this guy. It's that guy. Yeah. And you just look, and I encourage. Was Anquan Bolden for for Ian a while? Yes. You know. Yeah. Look back. Scroll through these guys' history, and you're going to find out that a lot of them, a lot of them, and you coached them. You know, you coached yeah. them in Cleveland. Guys that earned their way. Absolutely. Past other people. You know. Yeah. It really because, did. Yeah. You know, the team doesn't really care where you're from. They care who you are and how you can help us the character of it. Let's talk a little bit about your faith, you know, because as a coach and a coach and the way you've coached in the, at the highest possible level, you know, there is no other level higher than the NFL. We both coached in that. And it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of strength and, and perseverance to, to make it there, but to coach there and to stay there in that, environment and then you get to you get to do so many cool things you know you get to disciple some young guys that are coming in that you know right. they got a lot of money but they don't have a lot of direction right you gotta you know so let's just share your faith craig and how you do that because uh, it's just it's it's become it, it really the whole time but it, it's so integrated that one thing i love about this sport is it you're chasing something. I almost, I, in, in our chaplain, uh, Johnny Shelton and I talk about this all the time. And he, I threw this out there to him one time and he just loved it. But yeah. I almost, I almost call it like the chase, you know, and we're wired as men to go chase a dream. Like I just explained to you and you could, you could multiply that by guys and yourself, right. And me yeah. chasing that dream. That's what we talked about, about my son for the last 10 minutes. But all these guys that get into this league, whether they're players or coaches, they've been chasing a dream. Well, we're wired by our creator to chase, to I conquer, to go after things. But when we do it on our own power and for our own glory, we either come up empty or we come up short. Yeah. You know, and it's never enough. It's never, I'm not ever at the job that's like, perfect because there is no perfect on this earth there just isn't we know just look around you but i accepted christ as my savior and i've been following jesus since i was probably in my teens and and not perfectly and not a lot a lot of times on my own steam think you know thinking i'm heading down the right road controlling my own destiny but but he god was always there guiding me and using football and my chase of this profession to humble me to make me depend on him um to make me you know i i tease people sometimes said lord make me a prayer warrior one time i asked him that well you know what he did he proceeded to put me through the ringer in the profession is what he did (laughs) that'll that'll bring you to your knees (laughs) and then you're to your knees and you're like you read about all the characters. If you read your Bible, I mean, everybody got to the very end of themselves yeah. where they, they couldn't do it on their own. And that's where God shines. That's where Jesus says, look, take, take your, my yoke upon you 
right? Yeah. Put put your burden on me, and my burden is light, and I'll carry the load. And I that's probably the the one thing that that I say this profession teaches you to do. And so, can you disciple others? Heck yeah, because you're living it in this all the time and you get instant results, right? You're, you either win or you lose. You're a good coach or you're a bad coach yeah. based on your <laughs> results. And then you're around people that want their faith, um, that want their faith. Are you still there? Yep. Yes, it works. See, I learned how to use this thing. That, that want their faith to be part of their life. And I will just say, like, for example, the Ravens, Ozzie Newsom told somebody, I think one of our chaplains, maybe I had this conversation with him. He prayed as a player at the Browns that he would have an impact for Christ in his playing or beyond profession. Well, he certainly has. And he is a, a man who walks by faith. John is a man who we used to, we used to disciple each other at Cincinnati when we were in our twenties. Awesome. And he's a man who, who leads this team by faith. That's awesome. And I was blessed to have a room full of running backs last year. Every one of them were a man of faith. Yeah. And we're, we're trying to follow Christ to the, the best they could, you know, and when you have that, you can share with another, another man who's in there in the fight with you. You're both learning it. I, I think an accelerated rate, you know, absolutely. John, this, this this? Sometimes it's easier to disciple. I have three sons, right. And a girl and a daughter. Sometimes it's easier to disciple your team than your own child. Have you ever felt oh, that way? All the time. Yeah. You know, and you know, I, I know Ian's grown up around it, but he's going to have to come to his own terms and own his own face. And maybe it's going to be guys like, Kevin Higgins, a wide receiver coach at Wake, yeah. who's a who's a believer and, and, and walks by faith. Yeah. And we're sitting in his office the other day, me and Ian and, and Kevin. And I'm pointing up to the wall. There's a quote from Isaiah 55 and a and a and a bunch of places he's coached. And I said, What coach, that's awesome. Where'd you get? He goes, That's one of my kids gave that to me. That's all the stops I've had. And then my favorite verse over the top. And wow. you know. What does that make you feel like as a dad? I mean, I tear up when I think about that's going to be his position coach. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's 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 special, and that's what you want to do. That's why you want to. Uh, that's part of recruiting too, right? Us recruiting, not only the coaches recruiting our child, but us recruiting the coaches. Us recruiting that school. We go in there right. and go. Huh, I don't know if I need my son playing for this guy, or whoa, exactly. this is where we need to be right here. Yeah. You know, basically, we're handing off the coaching, not the necessarily football coaching. We'll always do that because that's how we're wired. But yeah. the, but the gospel coaching and the the, the life coaching, life coaching. Who, yeah. yeah, we're taking yeah. that and handing our precious child to the next coach. Yes, you know. Yes, and, and I couldn't be. I mean that that thing, Steve. My prayer journal is got paragraphs of praying for him his whole life about that very thing about who he'd be with at this time in his life yeah and to see god answer the prayers like that and grant this culture to him as a place to go to college is just you know it's priceless you know and you realize god does answer prayer that's the other thing part of my journey has really is really i think enhanced because of writing some of these prayers down over the years in a journal 
Yeah. And you go back and you can see, well, well, wait a minute. I prayed for this when he was five years old. Of course, God's answered this, you know, and that cool? that's cool. It Very is so cool. And you know, it leads me to this and this is the last question or one of the last questions. I'll never have a last question for you. We could do this for three hours, but um, this show is called another rep. And you know, that prayer journal that you're talking about, that's a rep to me. That's a rep. Right. I don't know what you think about another rep, but um, go ahead. What do you think about another rep? What does that mean to you? Well, it's, 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 it's a combination of things. So, Ian's put one foot in front of the other, right? He's got Osgood Slaughter, and he doesn't know if doing the next thing is going to get him where he wants to go or not. All, yeah. and we talked about this when he's going through it. I said, all you can do is get up today and go to work, you know, and your back's hurt. You put, he pulled his, you know, same thing with our guys. You know, I, I lost two running backs a day, the two days before the first game, and they were devastated, you know, in their hearts. Yes. Yeah. You know, and J.K., um, but you know what? They got faith. They're, they're followers of Jesus. And all they can do is one rep getting their knee back at a time, you know, yeah. they're going to do the extensions and they're going to, they're going through the whole rehab phase right now as we speak. And, um, their goal is to come back better than they were last year in this league, but all they can do is the next rep and the, the prayer journal is the same thing. If you wake up in the morning and you give God the first five minutes of the day, which I don't every day, but I'm at least to the point now where if I don't, I know it. If I yeah. don't take that, if I don't take those reps with me and God spending time together, then the whole day is just like on a, just a little bit out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good place to be if you need that, you know, it really is, but I don't ever want to get it. I've been close to where it's like you get out of rhythm and I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I, want to, I want to be taking that rep every morning. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's a, that's the chase that you were talking about earlier. You know, you gotta, as men we're wired to chase and yep. you're chasing those reps. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get stronger in your faith. You're going to get stronger in your, in your finances and yep. your fitness and your family, whatever you're pursuing, you know, whatever we emphasize, we get better at. And right. I love that. I love how you just define that. Hey, man, thanks so much for coming on. And uh, <laughs> excuse me, when Ian gets rocking and rolling down there, man, I'm going to I'm going to actually get him on the show. So you got to tell him we haven't met personally, you know, right. Met, but, yeah, because I would love to hear just his journey. You know, I've heard yeah. your journey about him, but I need to hear his journey about right. him and how it all goes and how it, how it is. Cause some kids are I, wired different, you know, and I love those yeah. kids that are wired that way. I love it. Love yeah. It. I think he'd benefit out of it. And I think you'd love it. I benefit could, from going, it. <laughs> he's, he's going there this summer for his first summer school session. You could kind of track him all the way through. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be super fun. You know, I, I, um, uh, I just know kids that are, that are wired and they just are so competitive and they're like, Man, this is me. This is me. this is how I rep. This is right. me. So right. I love that, man. You raised a champ. You're a champ. And uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, until we go, just keep repping. Keep repping. Thanks for having me, Steve. That's Appreciate right. It. That's right. Coach Craig, thank you so much for coming on another rep. Loved hearing your story. Love hearing the story. How uh, Ian's getting his uh, he's getting his reps in, and he's 
he's going places. So it's going to be a blast to follow him. And uh, just loved hearing your story. If you like hearing that story as well, hit like, hit share, ring the bell, hit the bell, do whatever you're supposed to do to make these algorithms fly off the chart. Share this with your friends, uh, your family, your team, all that stuff. Write a comment, and let's go get another rep. Keep repping. I am out.